Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of The Athletic... This week's... Yeah, there's only one a week. I don't know if you knew that. There's no other shows. (laughs) No other shows. This is the only episode this week of The Athletic Hockey Show featuring Sean Gentili... Myself, Craig Custance, and live from our studios in the Minneapolis airport, <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford. We got a guest in the first segment. What's going on, JR? Not too much. Not too much. You guys will get a kick out of this. So I'm walking through the mini airport uh, in my layover here, and I overheard some hockey fans say, uh, the season's still young. It's still early. It's still early. So <laughs> The wild fans are... <laughs> I like the optimism in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, I mean, it actually still is for young. Still, it's young for you. Like the Blues <laughs> played two games in the first like yeah, ten days of the season or whatever. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I think it's still preseason. This is like the eleventh exhibition game. <laughs> That's great. Well, we have a great show. Um, spoiler alert: Jeremy Rutherford joins us. Uh, covers the Blues for the Athletic. Also, in segment two, we have Keith Yandel, uh, great American American who retired recently. Uh, and Iron Man streak, uh, Keith, one of the great people uh, of his generation, pumped to talk to him. Um, and then just the usual shenanigans in segment three. But first, Jeremy, um, let's talk blues. They, either because they're good or because they haven't played any games. They were the last team finally to lose a game. What, what, what's, what are the early storylines in St. Louis? Yeah, it's a great way to say it. I think it's a little yeah. bit of both. They're the last of the eight, 32 teams. There's not 82 yet, right? They haven't done no, expansion. Soon, no. Just, give them time. <laughs> just, just 32. <laughs> last of the 32 to play, and, and so uh, small sample size. But they were good, really good in the first uh, three. Jumped out to that 3-0 and start. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the last team to lose, they take it on the chin last night, 4-0 uh, to Winnipeg. Connor Hellebuck steps in there. And and uh, so the Blues lose their first one. But a lot of good storylines, guys. Uh Jordan Bennington playing really, really well. Vladimir Tarasenko, I thought he'd be traded about two years ago, and he's still on the roster and playing well. Uh, so a lot of good things going on with uh, Doug Armstrong and the Blues. They didn't They didn't trail for a moment of their first three games. I'm, I'm saying that in, in something you just wrote. Yeah, they didn't trail. Yeah, didn't trail till uh, I think the, uh, what was it, the, the uh, second period last night, and then another wild stat, get this. Uh, so their first three games, they commit just four penalties, six and a half minutes of PK time, and didn't allow a single shot. You know, mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's the PK that Craig McTavish inherited. And uh, so that uh, unit got off to a good start. So, What have you thought of the defensive group so far? That was a concern, I think, for a lot of people coming in. I know they, they re-signed Letty, but it's a group that seemed like they're going to have to answer some tough questions, especially in the early going here. 
Yeah, Sean, that was a big thing this offseason was uh, David Perron, are the Blues going to re-sign him? I thought that was a slam dunk. Look, he's only left, what, three times? And, and, uh, and <laughs> He'll be uh, back. Fans, fans in St. Louis love him. Yeah, that, maybe that's what Doug Armstrong thought. If we let him go, we'll come back anyway. So, uh, you know, with, uh, with David Perron leaving, the Blues are able to use that money on Nick Letty. And you might say, Nick Letty... You know, he came in the league when he's 18, so everybody thinks he's like 37 years old, but he's yeah. he's still only 31. And, you know, a couple of years in, in Detroit, the team's not good. He had bad numbers, but he comes to St. Louis and he stepped in with Colton Pareko on that top pair and giving them some pretty good uh, you know leadership there at that top group. And then you got Tory Krug and, and Justin Falk. So I like the top four. It's four headsy guys who can move the puck. And, and, and so I think Nick Letty's been good. And now Doug Armstrong looks like a genius when he kind of saw it before that they needed defensemen and they prior to prioritize that signing over David Perron this offseason. It's worked out because the defense looks pretty good. I think that was like the single biggest justification for the Letty contract because it's long and it's and it's a lot of money. And like you said, it's been tough sledding for the last couple of years. But the flip side is like, where else were they going to go? And I think we've seen that with some other teams. See it with Vancouver. We see it with, with, other, with other rosters that, you know, came into the offseason with the same question, right? They got to strengthen up the defensive group. They got to find some way to do it. Well, there aren't that many options. So Nick Letty, whenever you're signing him for four years and $16 million, it might not seem great on day one. But when you look at the alternatives, like I'm not sure what else they would have done. If they're if you want a win now guy that can at least contribute to a team that has, you know, actual aspirations still. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they had eight one way contracts uh, this summer on defense, but they lose Marco Scandella and Scott Brnovich mm-hmm. to injury in off season in the training camp and so cuts them down to six. So without Letty, they'd be in a pack of trouble. What you, you mentioned David Perron. Who's I mean, the big thing when we talked about him leaving was the power play. I mean, what mm-hmm. a, what a strength that is to have him on your power play. Where, where have they made that up? Who's stepping up in that spot? Yeah, Craig. And that was the biggest thing. You lose David Perron. You talk about losing a good locker room guy and some leadership and things like that. But the biggest on the ice was the power play. He led the team power play goals and power play points last year. But the Blues under Steve Ott with that unit, uh, it's always funny to hear Steve Ott running Steve Ott. the power play, yeah. right? <laughs> but <laughs> he has done a phenomenal job here in St. Louis with the power play. But they got two balanced units. And Craig, to answer your question, that ice time is going to go to uh, Jordan Cairo. You know, this summer, Blues made a big uh, push signing these young guys the long-term contracts. They get Cairo and and Robert Thomas done both of them eight years. They had a year left on their deals. So you're talking nine years in the fold. And if you're going to pay a guy 8.125 AAV, you better find him some ice time. And the Blues are doing that given uh, Perron's power play ice time to Jordan Cairo. Is there a reason that Cairo was the second of the two to sign? To, like, is, is, is that, a, is, this is an offseason question in a lot of ways, but is there anything to read into that? Yeah, I think, I think that, you know, the way Doug Armstrong explained it is he said, you want to bring the horses to the stable one at a time there. And I think Robert mm-hmm. Thomas was the priority. I mean, he's the elite center. I think this guy's going to be really good. I mean, his passing is just off the charts. And, and, and so I think Crazy. that's the guy that w- wanted to get done first. And Jordan Cairo, you know, he's got all the tools, uh, certainly offensively, you know, mm-hmm. he's one of the best skaters in the league, won the fastest skater competition last year, uh, 70 plus points last year, uh, 20, you know, high 20 goals. Uh, but this is a guy who needs to figure it out defensively. And so, Sean, I think if you're going to prioritize those two guys, you get Thomas done first, and then you go uh, Jordan Cairo. So Cairo, a lot of improvement to make in his own zone, but I think they were banking on the future with what that offense brings. And then we get, you know, the caps headed up. It seems like uh, generally I like doing that with the younger players and, and those kind of contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, sample size isn't huge there. What's your like meter of like uh, risk on, on these contracts? I'm, I'm sure it's well, different for each guy. Yeah, I think it is different because I would be given uh, Robert Thomas that contract in a heartbeat. I think he's going to yeah. be the real deal for, for years to come. I think it is a little risky with Jordan Cairo, uh, but I don't think he would have taken less. And here's a guy that uh, you've been grooming to be that guy. Craig, we always talk about this. Like he's in your system. You drafted him. You've right. seen what he can do. You like him. I mean, if you're not going to spend it on him, what are you going to do? Go, you know, spend it in free agency and roll the dice a little bit. So, you know, they like what, Thomas and Cairo uh, bring them. So I, I think that's uh, the way Doug Armstrong w- was looking at that. It all comes out in the wash too. I mean, we saw that we saw the Thomas deal first and it's like, okay, that's a, that's a pretty big number. What does it mean for Cairo? And then he turns around and signs an identical deal basically. So it's like, what's it, what's it matter? It's six and one half dozen in the other by the time it's all, it's all said and done. 
Um, so okay, so a big part of their deal last year was was the depth of scoring. They had eight twenty goal scorers or nine twenty goal scorers or whatever. What have you seen from? What have you seen from that group? Does that seem like that's something that's repeatable? Is there any is there anyone from that from that eight or nine man group that you think is is uh, in, in danger of falling off here? Yeah, so they had nine twenty goal scorers, and that was uh, you know the that's biggest awesome. part of their their team last year. It was tremendous. Uh, you lose David Prime, that was one of them. Another guy in that group, Ivan Barbashev, uh, he had been a fourth line guy on that Stanley Cup team. You know, not thought of really as a twenty five goal scorer, but he did it mm-hmm. last year. Shooting percentage was really high, but I think he could still be a 20-goal scorer. The big issue here early on, we stress early on, is that uh, Pavel Buchnevich, one of those guys, has missed a couple games here with a lower body injury. And then last night, Brandon Saad sat out with an upper body injury. So, you know, in terms of anybody fall off, I mean, I guess you could look at it like, uh, you know, Barbashev played a different type of game than, than he's accustomed to last year. So he could be a guy that that might not get there. But I got to tell you guys, while we're talking about that, they've plugged a, a rookie in, Jake Neighbors, into this top nine he's playing on the third line and looking pretty good so far so he might not be that top six potential who's going to be a regular 25 30 goal scorer in the national hockey league but a good young player who i really like i can hear them calling for a lifetime medallion already jr i'm I'm starting to panic (laughs) for the first first class is starting to line up there yeah i I, before you before you get in line there can i just ask you about jordan bennington you mentioned him kind of off the hop as as maybe the biggest story here what, what, what do you think the difference is? I mean, I know it's so early, it's goalies, et cetera. Every caveat, we always throw around that. But what are you seeing from him? Yeah, first of all, Craig, if they call first class, then I've got a while before I have to line up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. They're sending him in with the, pet, with the pets, actually. That's, that's where you're... <laughs> yeah, I got on a plane in uh, Winnipeg this morning, and uh, Darren Pang was in the uh, first class, and I told him, I'm going back to the other first class. There's another one in the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah let me It's totally nice. You don't even know about it. That's a really <laughs> yeah, cool one. That's for all yeah, the cool he's never people. heard of it. <laughs> uh, it's the height. <laughs> it's, it, there's a height requirement back there. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> I I can't do that. He'll give me like a weight requirement thing for the back. So, uh, I, I better not make any jokes about uh, Panger. He's pretty witty. But uh, yeah, Craig, Jordan Bennington. Hey, listen, uh, I got to tell you, we sat down with him in the preseason to do a story for The Athletic. And uh, let me just give you a, a little bit of background here. I told him I was coming out. He knew we were going to do the interview. He was super polite about it. He said, I just don't want to do it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you Can you come back? So I come back the next day. It's a Friday. This is day two. And I say, hey, you want to do it? He said, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I said, let's just, let's Oprah Winfrey's couch. Just sit down. Here's the couch. Let's talk. You know, we'll figure it out as we go along here. And he said, you know what? I just don't want to have this deep conversation today. Why don't you come back Monday? So guys, I came back day three to interview Jordan Bennington. And he sits down. And about the second question, he says, uh, you know, it takes about 30 seconds for him to start answering the question. I'm thinking he might get up and I might be making a fourth trip out to the practice facility, mm-hmm. right? Huh. And I, I said, what's going on here? And he said, I just, I'm trying to decide if I want to open up or not. And I said, mm-hmm. as a report, as a reporter, we're like, yeah, yeah, we want you to. Open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, 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 please do. <laughs> please, please. And boy, did he. Guys, he, he said that the. He always played with an anger, with a chip on his shoulder. He always played to win a Stanley Cup, be an all-star, get a big contract. And once he did that, that chip was gone. And so last year, he lost his motivation. Now, skeptics could say, yeah, you also lost your job to Billy Husso, who became the starter and you became the backup. Uh, but, uh, you know, moving this storyline forward, Jordan Bennington said he had to learn to play with a different type of motivation. And he, to quote him, he said, I needed to learn to play with love as opposed to a chip on my shoulder. Hey, listen, whatever he wants to call it, it's working. 940 save, per, 940 save percentage here in the early going. He's looking pretty good. And uh, it's his job now. Billy Husso is Craig. You know, he's in uh, Detroit. Yeah. And uh, nobody really to look over his shoulder at. Thomas Grace is the backup now. Uh, so Jordan Bennington, a lot of people weren't believers after he won the Stanley cup and kind of took a dive after that, but uh, off to a really good start here. Yeah. I read that. I I read that story. Obviously. I mean, I I read everything you write, but I, I read it specifically when we were doing season preview stuff and that whole, as a, as a piece of work, that was as good as anything. Honestly, I, I I read, uh, 
ahead of all the preseason stuff. And God knows, God knows it was a lot. I was, I was, I was eating a lot of tape when it came, when it came to that one. <laughs> hey, are you going to work on the, on the behind the scenes story for the car commercial with Bennington and Ryan O'Reilly? Do you have, do you have, do you have, dibs, on, do you have dibs on that one or can I take it? Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, actually, I was talking to O'Reilly a couple of days ago about that. They said, how long did it take it? He goes only about an hour. And then he looks at me and he said, uh, that was Bennington's idea to throw the water bottle in the commercial. So oh, for, right. yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, uh, Bennington does launch a water bottle and that's reminiscent of uh, the incident with uh, Kadri in the playoffs last year. That's great. Well, JR, thanks for doing this. Thanks for squeezing us in on a layover. Safe <laughs> travels back home and uh, we'll catch up later. Thanks. No problem. They're calling back to the plane. I got to go. See you guys. (laughs) See you, Jeremy. Jeremy Rutherford. He's the best. He he came in in a pinch and delivered as he always does. Does great stuff out of him. That was a that was a fire drill across the board, man. We were. (laughs) That was great. I was late. I was late coming in. I say I I opened Zoom. Jr's. Jr's waiting for you. Standing at the gate, like good God. That was great. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got Keith Yandel when we come back. And segment three, it's still a lot to talk about here on the Athletic Hockey Show, Americans Edition. We'll be right back. We are now thrilled to be joined by the, I guess, recently retired, we can still say, back in Florida, Keith Yandel, uh, who we've been wanting to talk to since the news came out of his retirement. Keith, first of all, thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad we could get it done. Yeah, likewise. So, so you're you're traveling now, back and forth, doing uh, TV. First of all, you doing TV. It was like the least surprising development of uh, you know. It was just it was seemed like a, a foregone conclusion. But let me let's start there. Like what like did you was there any temptation to be like let me take like a, a skip year or whatever they call it, like after you graduate high school and you take a year off or like what was your thought on getting right back to work you know um, retirement yeah for me it's just kind of i just always want to be involved in the game somehow um you know i'm not really one that's really good with a lot of free time so mm-hmm. i think uh you know for me it's just kind of getting involved with the game staying staying involved you know obviously it's um you know, it was the the last sixteen years of playing um, has been a crazy ride, a whirlwind. So, um, you know, I think now even too, it's just able to sit down and watch games and be able to just enjoy it and not have any skin in the game for anything has been it's been a lot of fun. How long did the Sportsnet deal take to come together? Was it like you 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 sent in your paperwork and they're like, all right, let's let's get you let's get you in the door. Yeah, I don't really have any paperwork. That's the thing. I got no resume. Oh, I got, are they yeah. paying you? I hope oh, yeah. You. Wait a second, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they they had called me, and um, I don't know if like the show had been pitched or they they mm-hmm. had a new idea of doing a Monday night show, and um, you know, my name had came up, and um, you know, I was lucky enough to uh to to get the to get the gig and I, obviously it's only been two weeks but i've had a lot of fun doing it yeah i saw the i saw the first show and for people people in the states it's it's keith and it's and it's david amber and cassie campbell pascal and anson carter doing doing the monday doing the monday show on sports net and I, I caught the first one last week and yeah i mean you guys you guys seem like you've been hanging out for a long time so it's so it's going well has there been any uh is it is it hitting the marks for you like is it is it been is it been challenging or what you expected or like how's how's it gone on your end for the last couple weeks yeah it is it's challenging it's obviously it brings in a whole different you know dynamic of what i'm used to for the Mm -hmm. last you know 20 years of playing even you know you go back to high school and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you still you go into school and then you're focusing on hockey so i think for me it's just something difficult and challenging and you know always up for a challenge and um to try something new and you know, get out of your comfort zone and, you know, be in uncomfortable situations where you're not used to something and challenging yourself. So I think for me, it's, uh, you know, just about all that. So um, concurrently, as all this is happening, you got Phil Kessel taking on the Ironman streak. What are your emotions around that? And, and are, are you in communication with him at all? Are you trying to jinx him in any way or what's... what's no, not at all. Like? I um, <laughs> I talked to him a little bit a couple of weeks ago just because... Um, 
the hurricane down here was hit. He has a house down here in Florida, yeah. and I was just checking yeah. in with him to see if everything at his house is okay, and um, you know, just kind of seeing if he needed anything. But uh, yeah, the last couple of days, no, I'm not, I'm not texting him, um, not jinxing him, uh, rooting for him tonight. Obviously, I, I was hoping he scored that goal last night. I yeah. was a little disappointed when they called that back on him, but um, you know, especially to me, I think it was what his 500th or would have been. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, definitely a guy the Phil that I've uh, I've always rooted for, a guy that I've known for a while. So uh, I'll be watching tonight and, and cheering him on. And they they did you, they did you dirty on the show last night. I saw they tried to hand you a voodoo doll, <laughs> and you were like, "Ah, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not touching that." No way, I'm not. Don't don't bring me into that. <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave, leave leave me out of this, man. Yeah. Um. Do you feel do you feel any ownership of the of the record? I know you haven't had it all that long, but it's still it's still a hell of a thing to have your name attached to for a little bit. So what's it like? You know, you're potentially, and odds are gonna gonna seed that in in the next 24 48 hours or whatever it is like how how do you how do you feel about that because it's so that that's an experience you don't you don't even see guys have that often where it's like they hold something and then it and then it kind of goes away in in the span of a few months yeah um yeah i i think for a you know it took i think it was 30 something years uh to be broken and right you know a quick uh a quick cup of coffee (laughs) for me with it but at least get a year out of it that's it's obviously something I took pride in while I was yeah. playing. Now looking back, obviously, it's still something I took a lot of pride in, and um, you know, I'm sure it filled the same way. And uh, yeah, I couldn't couldn't imagine someone uh, a, a better guy to take it over, and a guy that you know I've always enjoyed being around and playing against, and um, you know, always rooted for him. So it's I think with Phil, it's uh, it's in good hands, and I don't know if anyone's even close to him or. I don't what think I, I looked that I looked I looked that up I looked that up a couple of days ago. There's there's nobody there's nobody in huh. shouting distance. It seemed yeah. seemed like he might have it for a little bit. So yeah. So e- even like when I had it, it was kind of you know Andrew Cogliano. It could it should have yeah. been his. He got he got a one game suspension. So it was kind of one of those things where and I knew Phil was always right behind me and uh, you know I felt bad for Cogs when it happened. Obviously, right. I think he'd. Uh, he'd trade that in for, for hosting the Stanley cup, like he did last year, any day of the week. So, um, happy for him for that too. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely something I always took pride in while I was playing and, and, um, you know, it's something I'll be attached to, I guess, for a little while and, and, uh, pass it on to Phil. Now, in a streak like that, there's near misses. I would love if you could share the story of kind of being inspired by an Olympian to keep your streak going. You, you, you shared it a little bit yesterday, but for our audience, what, what was that moment and, and and what was that inspiration? Yeah, so it was, um, we played in Boston and I got hit in the heel with a puck and did the x-rays and everything. I had a little chip in the heel, like couldn't even walk and um we played the next night in Philly and I was, I was walking to the Boston Allie Raisman, who's from the Boston area, mm-hmm. who's an Olympian, she's a legend in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. US. Yeah. And I was walking out and, uh, she said, she said she had two casts on her or the walking boots. She said she had two walking boots on like three months before the Olympics. And, um, you know, you see them like they're jumping around and, landing from doing triple backflips on their heel on their heels and on their ankles so i uh you know saw that she was able to do it and kind of was like all right if she could do it and and that in that factor like where she's banging around and and uh you know i i i said to myself i gotta at least get my boot on and give it a try it's like in it's like in dodgeball whenever he runs into Lance Armstrong at like the at like the airport bar and, and gets a gets a motivational speech. Yeah, and yeah, like exactly. oh, all right, all right, okay. Yeah. So I it always I'm always kind of fascinated when guys make the quick transition from being a player to being a media guy. And it, it's something that you're obviously facing right now. Have you found that I know look, I, I know you've only you've done two shows on Sportsnet, so it's it's you know, we'll we'll see how this works out over the course of the season. But is it is it tough? How do you strike the balance between, you know, criticizing dudes who you might know or, or guys or guys who who you were just playing with like six months ago? What's that? Have you thought about that? Is that a balance that you've had to you've had to strike yet? 
Uh, not too bad. Um, you know, I think for me, it's just kind of, you know, obviously when the time comes, I know it's going to happen and, and, yeah. um, you know, you, you don't want to be too harsh on guys. Cause yeah, I know I've been in the mm-hmm. same situation a million times and, mm-hmm. um, but you also got to call it how it is. And I think guys understand that. And, yeah. you know, I think guys, especially guys that know me, if I was ever to say something about them, they would know it's not malicious. It's just kind of, uh, calling it how it is. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think everyone kind of knows if you do have a turnover or miss a back check, whatever the case is, you know, deep down, especially right away when it happens or if not in video. So, um, you know, by the time the analysts are talking about it, you've already run it through your head a million times. So it's nothing new. For those, I mean, I think your reputation is pretty well known, but people that have played with Keith Handel have said he's, I've seen the quote, the most outstanding teammate I've ever had. I think Shane Doan once said, I love this young guys. What do you say? Something like young guys want to be him. Old guys want to hang out with him. <laughs> like it, it's just like people loved playing with you, Keith. And, and well, I paid donor to say that. So. Oh, that was that yeah. was you had it. That's money. It's money well spent. Yeah. Who was who was your favorite teammate? Who was the guy that you wanted to emulate, or maybe early on in your career said oh, this kind of taught you how to be that that kind of teammate? Well, early on, for sure, it was donor. He was a guy yeah. that I just looked up to he treated me so well um you know always looked out for me we had the connection um you know keith kachuk was a guy that my family knows his family and yeah uh you know big walt had called donor and said look out for him and and donor <laughs> did from day one i remember the first time i was ever at the uh practice rink for morning or not morning skate like captain skates donor came up to me and um you know, introduced himself and I was like, Oh my God, how does this guy know who I am? But, um, yeah, I think from, from then on, he was just always a guy that, you know, took a liking to me and, and, you know, we both from completely opposite backgrounds and, you know, how we grew up. And so it's pretty cool to see guys that, you know, come from such different, uh, upbringings and to become as good of friends as we are now. I love that Keith Kachuk did that just kind of paving the way a little bit. That's, that's, that's a great, yeah, th- I mean that—that's how it is in the NHL. You get—I mean, I couldn't tell you the amount of text I got from guys saying, "Hey, look out for him. He's a good kid." I, my brother went to school with him. I know him. Yeah. So it's—it just—that's why the NHL is the best. Everyone looks out for each other, and it's just good people helping good people. Like you said, like you said, the difference between—you know—you're a—you're a Boston dude. Shane's a Canadian, a Canadian farm dude, right? Like that's a—that's a difference in that's a difference in perspective, but that's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's the way yeah. stuff comes, the way he, stuff he comes rode, together, I guess. He rode his, uh, he rode his horse to school and I took uh, public <laughs> took the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, I, I think we always in the media make these assumptions, you know, it happens all the time with Toronto, especially, but like with you, I think there was always this assumption you'd end up in Boston at some point. Was there, what was the closest that ever came? that you can now share uh closest was probably when i signed in florida that it, it was pretty close then and then um that's right when i signed in philly it, w- it was close then uh as well um so I, yeah th- there was two times where it was pretty close and you know looking back i i, I mean i don't regret anything um you know i'm excited with everywhere that i played obviously you know, it just would have been a lot. My, I got a huge yeah. family. Uh, you know, all my wife's family is is from there, so it, it would have been a it would have been a headache for. Uh, it would have been play for free night pretty much every night. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of tickets mm-hmm. I would have had to get. So, um, yeah, excited. I say I saved a few bucks not playing in in Boston. That's is great. there uh, the whenever whenever guys you know you're 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 a Boston guy. You're so you're you're attached to that city. Huge Bruins fan as a kid and all that stuff. I'm always fascinated by the idea that you know you're 17 years old. You're 18 years old. You're in college. You're you're a Bruins fan just like anybody else. Then all of a sudden you end up in the league, and it's like actually you don't like the Bruins anymore. Like what? Like whatever. What's that dynamic? Was there a flip that ever switched for you, or like how's how's that how's that work when you're like, all right, I, I I'm not a Bruins fan anymore because I work for the Arizona Coyotes or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah, there'd be a lot of time. Well, the, the good thing, the, my first, I'd say my first five years in the league, we didn't play the Bruins mm-hmm. in Boston. And it was kind of, I think the one year we played them over in Czech. So that counted as a game in Boston. So it, it was a long while before I had played in Boston. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, guys had always harassed me, like, especially donor, like, Hey, you can't ask Bergeron for an autograph. Or you <laughs> exactly. ask so, like you get you get the little bit of harassment from uh, from guys, but it, it, it's all in good fun. That's great. Well, Keith, thanks for doing this. I know you just you're just getting home from the airport. You're running around, so I, I don't we don't want to keep you here too long. But thanks for doing this. Congratulations on incredible career, incredible accomplishment, and and everything. I know you're going to accomplish in TV. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when you hop in a helicopter, fly over <laughs> restricted airspace, uh-huh. parachute down to the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a rock there too. I don't know what it is. The, the, the entrances are always hidden under rocks, but mm-hmm. drop down into the caves. Enter the, like enter the, the, enter the troll. Press a button. Yeah, sure. Yeah, move the rock, press the button. It opens up co- the thing. And of course answer the troll his riddles three we go into the comments you guys do our job for us a little bit of a weird deal this week because craig hasn't uh worked in a while he's um has okay, no excuse he has no excuse either he, he called last week and said i'm just not doing it i've worked a ton first of all <laughs> just because yeah. i'm not on the podcast doesn't mean i'm not working sean a ah. b b I, I i mean i could have died for all we know like i was spiking fever just a wreck you know what's sneaky covid i had no idea i thought (laughs) we were over it like i was told it was done i was over i I, honestly uh, my gosh that was brutal i didn't i didn't actually say why you were out last week i didn't oh well i mean it's nobody's business but your own people can guess i they might think they might just think you're a deadbeat who knows i just canceled last second oh man Um, i'm still like I, I'm like scarred. You know, you've had it four or five times now. No, mm. I never had it until. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that was it. That was my huh. debut, and boy, it was a doozy. Jesus. I thought we were all set. Coming like, in, coming in hot. I just, I just, just, I just signed up for the for the double for the double booster. I was trying to hold off to time it perfectly for the holidays and stuff. I'm, I'm getting in a couple of days. Yeah, so I mean that's the plus. I'm all set. Like, hopefully, I, I have a few months into the holidays. Yeah, where I, I think can that's not worry about it. The only way to the only way to not get it is to get it. And I think we're I think we're pretty clear on that. <laughs> Great, <laughs> Morgan D, Chris Letang. I can't all wait right. to see the entire 99 best players when healthy since 1967 list as it comes out. Mm. I'll take. Is the that what there. it is? Fine. Yeah, that's what it is. I I I said it wrong several times over the course of that episode too. I believe it's the ninety nine. It's not not first off. It's not ninety nine. It's a hundred. It's a hundred. And it's po- don't. It's totally intuitive and not confusing at all. And it's since um it's since nineteen sixty seven. Health has nothing to do with it. Chris Tang just as it turns out is the ninety ninth best player. Period since nineteen sixty seven. I haven't read it yet, but the Hashik story that posted today apparently is amazing. I think Tim Graham did it, and he's it's he is uh, outspoken. Let's say about the you know Hashik. Oh my god, I didn't realize that's when Hashik was posted. Oh yeah, I think it was today. I think it's it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. He's like he's like in the eighties. Is that right? Well, let's not get caught up in the numbering. Like it's a it's an like he's he he gets into the whole like. yeah, Russian that's great. I mean, and totally. I know Hashik has a lot to say about that. I really don't a bit debate the list. I'm just like. Oh, maybe stunned. it's not posted yet. I might be speaking out of turn here because Carrie Price is today. Oh, my God. I completely. I just hey, missed. I just missed that he was that low. That is that is shocking to me. That is insane. Dominic Hashik is in the 80s. 
Well, we could have built an entire segment around this one if I'd have just done my job and and, lo- and looked at the schedule. I sincerely did not realize he was that low. Oh, Holy he. Shit. This might not even be the story. I, don't don't get caught up in this. This might be completely separate. I think I think we were talking to him for the package, and then this oh, became the story. Okay, I I so let's don't is, let, like let's not get worked up about where he is. Whatever, because that may not that story may not be written yet. I'm saying as part of this, Tim Graham reached out to him and then he went off i mean he he grew yeah. up under communist rule right and so a lot of those guys um <laughs> if you want to if you and hear someone talk with a fire under their ass about that sort of thing you talk to a hockey player who escaped yeah defe- who defected or or whatever a, a, a czech player who was around when the when the czech when czechoslovakia dissolved they're it's wild to, to, to hear not just the stuff they say, but the way they say it. It is it is crazy. So I'm not surprised to hear that Hashik was, you know, all out on that. Uh spoiler alert, he is not in the eighties. He is way, yeah, way, sorry. way. I just got high. I got I got okay. Um yeah, he's he, he, I'm gonna give a couple quotes here. We know if we don't stop the Russians in Ukraine, then we will be one of the next in line, and the tens of thousands of dead and mass graves will be on our territory. Russia must be defeated and forced back into its territory. There's no other way to peace. Believe that. And goes from there. That's just his opening salvo. I mean, he's tweeted some wild stuff about it already. So I'm not surprised to hear that he's, you know, going going all in on it. Have um, you watched Go ahead. Lots of lots of stuff about the board ads here. Have you watched how much have you had have you had any bad experiences with those yet? With the board ads? No, mm-hmm. I haven't. So I guess the you? ones in Detroit. Yeah, I, I'd hate them. I whined about them for a while with Joe. Thanks for listening. You your care. podcast? Do you want me you to listen to you and Joe Smith? You, talk? you, don't, you don't care? <laughs> I thought you want to listen to Joe. You like Joe. I everybody do like Joe. Likes, everybody likes Joe. Um, yeah, everybody's everybody's pissed about about those things. Um, can I read Zoe's? Zoe R. Zoe's, yeah. Nothing right. So honestly, it feels like the stars could make a serious push to win most marketable American player on an American team way before the crack and do with uh, Beneers if they go for a joint Jake Ottinger, Jason Robertson bid. Yeah. I, so as, as you all know, we have our award show at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Every single year we do mm-hmm. this. It's every annual. single year. And one of the awards we've been giving out for years is, uh, is of course, the most the best American player on an American team. Um, Zoe put a twist on it, most marketable American player on an American team, which we can probably squeeze in this year, and says, yeah, the the duo of Ottinger and Robertson, it's kind of like, um, I don't know how I feel about duos winning this award, but that's pretty good. That's a pretty good duo right there. Ottinger's been so good. He's like, as advertised, he's, he's made the leap that everyone everyone kind of expected from him. I know it's early and it's really tough to talk about it's always tough to talk about goalie performance, right? Because it's just it's just so volatile. Yeah, and it's and it's always tough to talk about it. You know, is there when it's when it's this early? But Ottinger, man, he's up. He's up at. He's got six goals saved above expected. That's third in the league. He's behind Carter Hart and Ilya Samsonov, which is two other very, <laughs> two other very funny goalies we we, we could talk about if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna be talking flyers. We're gonna mm-hmm. get John Tortorella at some point. We're just at some point trying to pin down the scheduling there, but um, I, we'll get into Carter Hart. I think as part of that conversation, um, I got another yeah. question. If I, I, if I can get it yeah. rolling here, this mm-hmm. was from Connor A, who actually put in parentheses actual serious questions. So I, I like okay. when you give a heads up when I yeah. know we're not joking around. Thanks, Connor. Uh, going off. Your look at the top 99 players in NHL history. It's actually the top 100, and it's not NHL history. It's in the modern era. A lot of caveats <laughs> in our list. Why do we do that? Why do it's we the, make things so difficult? It's All actually the, it's the 99 players that me and Matt can do like the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not necessarily after, the best. After 1990. <laughs> That's what we should do since we've all been covering. Uh, will players that take less to help the team's cap situation be looked at better with their legacy? Or will it become something that is forgotten? The first big stars from the cap era are starting to retire and wonder how their cap hit will factor into legacy. It's a really interesting question. Um, 
Mm. Because I, I would say maybe I would say indirectly this will factor because part of your legacy is winning. So if you took a team-friendly deal, I mean, we could say maybe some of the Penguins deals over time were fairly friendly. Let's say, let's use Sid or Geno's. <laughs> yeah. um, and you win multiple cups because of that, then that helps your legacy. And I think it moves you up the rankings. Now, it also, I mean, Connor McDavid took what we think is a team-friendly deal and he may not get a Stanley Cup. Like you're also dependent on teams actually using your, your general manager using that cap space in a way that helps you. So I don't think you can blindly say these players that like had team building as part of their equation in their head, it's going to help them. But I do think when it does work, it does help you. Is that a cop-out answer, Sean? I don't think so. I think it's going to be indirect because it does taking less money on, I mean, fair, unfair leads to leads to more cap space, which leads to <laughs> adding better players, which leads to winning championships, right? That's, that's yeah. the way it's going to be framed. I don't think outside of major outliers, like maybe, maybe Nathan McKinnon, guys like that, who, you know, famously kind of ended up winning cups while they were making very little money and also paving the way for their team to sign, you know, the Kale McCars of the world, even though there's only one to, uh, to bigger deals of their own. I think that might be part of it when you're talking about career ending retrospectives, like that's when it'll come up, but that's just not the way we think about those things. That's just not part of the, dis the discussion with these guys. And I, and, and I don't know that that's right or wrong, but I think part of it is, you know, the cap changes and these deals are so long-term that when they're signed, the environment is so much different than, you know, five years in, right? So you're talking about, yes, Connor McDavid signed for X million, but it was X percent of the cap when he did it versus right. Crosby and all that stuff. It's a tough- You're not doing it, all the matrix math when you're thinking about- it's a, tough, it's a tough thing for people to parse. It's good when it comes to talking about uh, contract evaluations or or- return on values or whatever when that's like the focal point of the thing that you're discussing or the thing that you're writing but whenever you're saying like hey let's look at jonathan taves's career in in summary i just i, I don't think that's going to be a top line a top line thing it's going to be indirect because of the championships they won yes. while these guys took you know below market deals and i don't even know how many of these guys in this era did that in the cap like how many not a ton i didn't feel like Kane and Taves took that. Like, I remember when those deals got done and it was like, oh, they maybe could have gotten a million more, but it wasn't like they were saying, you know, we're going to, we're going to. That's what I'm saying. Less. Like the, yeah, the yeah. outliers, like McKinnon, that's a, he was underpaid enough, I think, to discuss yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Right. Yes. But like, I don't know. But Kane, did he take, I don't think he took it. He wasn't like, hey, let me take it. I think they just signed him young and they got. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like he, it wasn't. It was a bad deal for him. Like it, it wasn't turned out to him. Be. It turned out to be. It wasn't him saying like, "All right, you're going to pay me six million dollars because yeah. I'm nice because I because I want there to be space to go out and get better every offseason." That's the way it turned out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think the deals are generally where they should be. Honestly, it's tough. To, it's tough to pay a hockey player. You know, twenty percent of the cap. It's just. Yeah. It's just. It's just not going to work. Um, Dear Tuesday, boys, thoughts on the ESPN Plus broadcast gimmick where they mute John Bucciagrass's mic and turn up the ice level microphones for an extended period of play, which is a thing they do on the ESPN Plus broadcast. Um, This is from Michael D. He loves it, but wonders what the larger reception has been. I think all those alternate broadcasts, whether you're talking about football on ESPN Plus or mm -hmm. whatever... I think they all fill a pretty specific niche or niche, however, however you wish to. I, I prefer niche. Pronounce it. I like I, I like niche because I'm a man of the people. Yeah. Niche. Um, niche. <laughs> um, but I do. I like that. They, it's one of those things I like. Can I like theoretically that they exist? I'm glad that there's alternate feeds. I'm glad that you know there's. But you're not watching any of them. That's my guess. Not really. I watch the Manicast sometimes. Manicast. I, I, I like, I, I'm a sucker. I'm a total sucker for that. It's funny though, man, because everyone's trying to make lightning strike twice with that, right? Everyone's trying to get their own version of the Manicast. I'm just not, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. We can try. I'm glad to see the effort, 
but I think that's kind of a one-time thing. Is Not there just, any hockey scenario that would work? Like yeah, to yeah, us alternate. Yeah, me and you. Mm-hmm. Tuesday boys, you hear that ESPN? Hear that ESPN? We can carve, carve it out of our contracts. Do a there's, a ha- there's a hashtag. <laughs> we already got the we hashtag. Get, we get three Z's. We get some good third guests in there. Come on, Jimmy Pitaro. <laughs> Just think about can it. We, yeah, we can definitely stump for employment for another. I media still have company. like an employee sure ID over that, there. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's true. I still have my ESPN uh, tags. There's you. You've you know what my contract looks like. There's some kind of carve out in there where I can go work for ESPN if I want to. <laughs> I can carve out anything. I'm sure, that, I'm sure you know that's that. normal. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. Um, Let's see if it benefits me. Hey, this well, one, I forgot we had talked about Russo's army protecting us. Yeah. <laughs> we ever did a lot. <laughs> so there was a, there was a few Russo army naturally because Russo army loves to, loves to weigh in. Michael K said, I don't even know what this means, but I just thought it was funny. I'd love <laughs> to see Russo's army try to come to Warren, Michigan and the tipsy McStaggers and try to make, make it a Minnesota anything bar. Not going to happen. Michael K. Throwing I down, think, throwing down on the, the Russo's army. You don't take on the Russo's army. Come on. Throwing down the gantlet, throwing down the gantlet, as I was told, is is the term by by our uh, our wonderful copy chief Monica a couple of days ago. It's Did a gantlet. You see that? Yes, Isn't it a gauntlet. No, a gauntlet is a glove. A gantlet is something that you run through. So I guess maybe Michael was throwing down the gauntlet. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Monica? So for the, this, it, because we have to have inside. Uh, copy, <laughs> this is the most boring rules. shit on the this earth. Is, here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. Listen to this, folks. Uh, it, it, this is our copy rules. Is Yardana? She needs to weigh in on this. Um, we have Monica Thomas, who is uh, once a week throws out copy like tips to remind us, you know, writers and editors that we, you know, consistently make the same mistakes over and over again. And we tend to do it. There's often things that we think are right, like throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> and she's here. To, so she's got little weekly tips. And I, I'm starting to suspect. She's sneaking in one a week. That's not real. That's fake. I, yeah, I would she's think just there's like, no way. <laughs> it would be there's, amazing. There's no way that's right. That was that or was. She's my... just like, I'm going to see if anybody puts throwing down the gantlet. And huh? <laughs> that would be so great. So shout out to Yardena, who again is the official uh, copy editor of the, <laughs> the right. co- of the comments here on the Tuesday Boys Show. There's also lots of lots of Russo's Army stuff. Joe was on last week and. <clears throat> he subbed for uh, old deadbeat Custance over there. By the way, <laughs> so we make a strategic move to to go all in on the wild because it's a massive audience and mm-hmm. we have and they're not good. Come on, Minnesota. We did our end of the bargain. Get it together. Wild. They, I don't know. There's there's going to be interest in that team whether they're good or not. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. But we had Joe on and it was you know he's he's he moved up there and. I mean, the big upshot, the takeaway is that he's fearful of the Russo army. They're they are to be loved, but also to be feared. And I, th- yeah. I think I think Joe's Joe because of how horrible that team was at the start of the season was getting blamed for a job. Yeah, he's going to get blamed, and then he's going to get run out of the the industry. You know why? Um, you know why? Because maybe it is his fault. Just saying. What has changed? By the way, he owes us, or me specifically, because mm-hmm. I was looking at Michael K had something about the Michigan Michigan. State game, which is Saturday. Um, I'm hosting a party oh if anybody God. wants to come on over. Yeah. Uh, and Joe Smith, we made a bet last last year, and we I never collected. Like it was just like we'll think of making you do something embarrassing. I don't think we ever made him do sing. anything embarrassing. You're supposed to sing something, wasn't it? Maybe a fights. Then I think we banned singing after our uh, Canadian anthem. So Michael K is wondering, uh, oh, Michigan versus Little Brother. Come on, Michael K. I'm just gonna enjoy. The, I, I'm just gonna enjoy the game. I, I don't need any stakes in the game. Michigan's do. Yeah, I've, it's one of those you can just feel. It. It's, it's time. It's time it's for them time. to be. It's time for them to be chasing. I'm glad it didn't happen last week against against Penn State. You know what? That's enough college football talk. Me and Joe did it last week. Go Maryland, Terps six and two, bowl eligible. Sean, will you explain the 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 context of this question from Don H because I don't know it has the hockey news sued the athletic for stealing their introduction. <laughs> I don't do, know. We a, do we have a, is our song the same as theirs? <laughs> Probably not. All is there a Tuesday boys edition of the, 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 the hockey news podcast. 
unless unless the hockey news is playing the the American anthem before the start of that before their start of their of, of yeah, their stuff with uh, with their guys, I think we're safe. All right, good up, good up. Um, anything you want to plug, Sean? Before we wrap up here. No, I uh, I, mean, I don't have I don't, I don't have, have anything like three more podcasts to do this week. Friday show, uh, me and Haley Salvian, which we rec- well, we're calling it the Friday show because we record it on Thursday night. What's Comes out Friday, Friday morning. Yeah, it's a How's lot. That it's a bit, for you? It's a lot more fun than this bullshit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just pulling up. I'm just stalling as I pull up the the list of other plugs we have to do. Wednesday, Wednesday. roundtable. Yeah, thank you. You can take it. Pizzo, Russo, Granger. Mm-hmm. There's someone else on this week. I don't, I don't have the plugs in front of me, man. That's Eric Stahl of the Florida Panthers. Whoa, pretty good get for the for the Wednesday show. It's not Jeremy mm-hmm. Rutherford though. Also, oh, hey, he's ours. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube, folks. People, you might want to forget people, that actually. Yeah, I, I would appreciate it. Our, what we're looking that. someone said it looks like I have a room with like one light bulb that barely works. Your background's nice. It's tasteful. It's minimalist. It's got you got the Michigan plate and yeah. A bobblehead. It's not the of, background. I think it's the who is that? lighting. Who is, that, who is that bobblehead? Is it a blues bobblehead? That's Ray Ferraro. We've talked about this. Oh yeah. I forgot that was look at guys. Thrash. Ray Thrash Ray bobblehead. Thrash bobblehead. He 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 watches over us. Keeps us honest. We should get Ray on. He's, he's an honorary American. Yeah, he's he's all ESPN now. Cammy Granado, you are American. He's abandoned, abandoned TSN, ESPN only. I like that. that what's Hell more yes. American than that? Nothing. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe to us if you'd like on YouTube, if that's your uh, preferred mode of consuming content. Also... Uh, subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Really, you should go back and listen to the last one Sean and I did from weeks ago. Really good stuff. Do you, could, could you tell me right now what we talked about, Sean? If I asked, um, it was it was early season predictions. I think I may have said that Thatcher Demko is going to win the Vesna. <laughs> good, it's possible. Yeah, they're great. Everything's going well for them. Start with a thirty day free trial, then just ninety nine cents a month after that. And this offer still stands. Annual subscriptions to The Athletic for just $1 a month for wow. six When you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. And if you're going to use a hashtag, make sure it's Tuesday Boys with three Zs. We don't, ask mu- we don't ask much of you folks other than to leave comments and do one third of this, of this show for us. Can we get the people to do the first segment in some way? In the second segment. Send in recordings of you talking. And we'll <laughs> Don't say that. People, send people us, might do hey, it. Send us voice memos, people. And we're, we're going to work them into segment one. And that way we don't have to do anything. I don't know if there's any way to post that. We should, we should try to come up with a 1-800 number, though. All right. We'll work on that this week. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>